Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are thankful and grateful for this Resurrection Sunday. Lord, we are thankful for the sacrifice. We are thankful for the price you paid. We are thankful for the victory that you have given us. That you have overcome our one enemy. Father, we are thankful for the blood that was shed for us. We are thankful for resurrection. We are thankful for the cross. We are thankful, Lord, for the suffering. We are grateful to you, Jesus. We thank you. That when you were called, when you were asked, you did not hesitate. But you came for sinful men. We give you glory and honor. This Resurrection Sunday, we pray, Lord, that your spirit will teach us, minister to us, bring us understanding, open our minds, and expound the scriptures unto us. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus, and you may be seated. Wonderful. Well, on Resurrection Sunday, during Easter, I think it is appropriate that we share a message about the occasion. Isn't that so? Yes. yes. Um, one thing that I want to bring to your attention is that the resurrection of Christ is the whole foundation of Christianity. Without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. Without the resurrection, there is no such faith. Do you understand? Yes. What makes Christianity such a unique and a supernatural religion is the fact about the resurrection. That is what makes Christianity different from any other religion. Amen. Therefore, it is not surprising that Satan did all he could, all he could, to suppress the facts about the resurrection. It is not surprising. Because this one thing, this one unique thing, is the basis, the foundation of the Christian faith. Hallelujah. That is why we must talk boldly and loudly about resurrection. It is a supernatural thing. And we must talk boldly about it. Hallelujah. This afternoon, I want us to look at a very wonderful story about Easter. And I want to call the title, um, I'll give a title to this message, and I call it, From a Broken Heart to a Burning Heart. Nobody was excited. <laughs> what a shock. From a broken heart 
to a burning heart. And we are going to look at a very interesting story. We're going to look at a story about a journey to Emmaus. And um, this story is a wonderful highlight of the living hope that we have as Christians. The living hope we have or we find in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the very highlight of that story, uh, of that fact. Amen. Amen. Now, the events on Good Friday had caused the hopes of the followers of Christ to dwindle. The events that had happened the Friday prior to this occasion or this day had caused their hopes to be dwindled completely. The master that they adored so much, the master that they hailed so much, the one that they all admired and cherished and revered, the one that they loved so much on Good Friday, what happened to him had dwindled their hopes. The one that they left all that they had and came to follow. They left their businesses, they left their families, they left their jobs, and they came to follow this master. Something has happened to him on Good Friday, and it has dwindled their hopes. Amen. Amen. The one, the very person who brought them hope, someone that they looked up to, they felt he was the answer to all their problems. Every problem that they had, this one master was the answer to all of them. Amen. Amen. They saw the great miracles that he performed. They saw him, how he fed miraculously thousands of people, 5,000 of his disciples, 5,000 hungry people. The Lord himself identified that these are hungry people. And he fed them with five loaves of bread and two fishes. And they were witnesses to all of these things. They saw how he healed the sick. So many sick folks. He healed them miraculously. He healed the blind. He healed people with complex psychiatric disorder. People possessed with demons. They saw him healing all these people. They saw him cause the lame to rise up to walk right in front of their faces. They saw how someone with a bleeding disorder quickly just at the touch of the hem of his garment was healed. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So these are the kind of disciples that we are talking about. They saw how he stilled the storms. The storms. The ocean. How the ocean was roaring and he spoke and it was still. They were witnesses to all of these things. They saw how he caused the dead to rise. Do you understand? They were witnesses to all of these things. There was nothing, according to them, there was nothing that was impossible with this man. There was nothing that he could not do. 
So they saw him at the peak of his ministry. Hallelujah. And the climax of this peak had just happened the week before. The climax of his ministry had just happened the week before on that Sunday, on Palm Sunday, with his grand entrance into Jerusalem. How he entered into Jerusalem. And if you were a disciple of Christ, you must have felt proud of yourself. If you were a disciple of Christ and you have left all and you are following him, you will have confidence that you have made a good decision. They saw the grand entrance, how people laid palm branches on the floor, people put their clothes down, not for him to walk, but for even his donkey. They saw it. They saw all these things. So they were very excited. They were excited. They saw how the crowd were hailing him. King of kings. Hailing him. Hosanna in the highest. Hailing him. Praising him. And they felt good. They knew that the end of the Roman tyranny was over. They knew that the end of their bondage was over. This was the state of mind of the disciples of Jesus Christ. And then on Good Friday, they saw their master, the one they believed, the one they trusted, the one they had put all their hopes in, they saw how he suffered a horrible defeat from his enemies. The most shameful death you can even imagine. The death of the cross. The crucifixion. Death by crucifixion was reserved for criminals. And this leader, this person that they look up to so much is going through such death. And the worst thing was that almost the whole town has come around to witness this. To see how their master, how their messiah, how their king is hung on this poor tree. And people mocking him and people laughing at him. And the followers of Christ have all scattered. Some of them, you know, they have left their jobs, they have left their families. They have left against certain decisions. I believe some of them, people were, people were telling them, listen, we have seen some of these things before. There are people who have come like this and people have left and followed them and, and they didn't end up anywhere. So you see, this was the kind of people who have come to follow Christ. Left all to come and follow him. And now they are all scattered. Not even some around to help him. In other words, he didn't even have helpers. If he could not help himself, there was no one even to help him. This was the kind of state of mind that these people were. I could imagine how they were all waiting for the climax, you know, as Jesus was hung on the cross. You know, they were waiting for some climax. They were waiting because they knew that Jesus, he likes the show. You see, they knew that Jesus likes the show. 
he is the kind that will, will sleep when there's storms, you know. He will sleep while there's storm, as if he doesn't know that there's a storm going on. And then he will let them go toss and turn and toss and turn. And then he will, they will come and wake him up and say, what is going on? Storms, be still. They knew that he liked the show. He's the kind who will wait until you have toiled all night. Toiled all night. And he knows where the fishes are. He knows where they are. But he will wait until you have toiled all night. And then he will show up and he says, put your net here. He liked the show. So they knew their master. They knew their savior. And so they were waiting. They said, you watch and see. So they were far away just watching and expecting that there will be a great climax. Do you understand? He will let you sit by the pool for 38 years. 38 years. The angels will come and go. Angels will come and as if he has not noticed that you are sitting there. Until one day he will just show up. And then when he shows up, he asks you, do you want to be healed? <laughs> you see? Like, cool, like, do you want to be healed? That is your master. Amen. When they called him, that um, Lazarus was sick, he will not come. He will not come. And then, they said, Lazarus has died. He will still will not go. You know, when someone dies, you know, within 24 hours, if you don't preserve it, especially in a refrigerator or something, it starts to stink. It starts to rot. But he will not go. And so they just wrapped Lazarus, tied him, bind him, and then they buried him. And then a few days later, he shows up. He says, let's come. And he shows up. He says, show time. Show time. So as they were watching him on the cross, they knew that he is about to perform some bond of these people they don't know. That he's going to come down with some karate moves. You know, and charge them, take the spears of the soldiers and just break the spears and just throw it back to them. You know, perform some wonderful thing. Just come down and then wave his hand like this and everyone will just go down and then he'll get up and then he'll be walking. You see, that is what they were expecting. But they looked and looked and looked. They looked and looked. And it was not happening. They were expecting that Jesus would perform some wonderful moves to deliver himself. But as they watched and watched, they heard the most heartbreaking scream of a great king. The father, father, why have you forsaken me? And when they heard that, their hearts were broken. Their hearts were broken. That our master feels forsaken. That our master was also expecting help. And they were very disappointed. Very disappointed. Hallelujah. 
This was not the kind of scream they expected from the savior of the world. But when he screamed this, the Bible says he gave up the ghost. Hallelujah. And it didn't stop there. Then they buried him in a tomb. Buried him in a tomb and sealed the tomb. Sealed the tomb and put soldiers in front of the tomb. Sealed. Their hopes sealed. That there is no more hope. Now it is done. Now it is gone completely. They have lost all hopes in this Messiah. Was this the Messiah? Was this the Messiah? So at this point, all hopes are gone. Their dreams have suddenly come to a halt. And there is no hope. Everything is over. And we are going to read about the return journey of two of such disciples who had also left their small village, small town, to come to follow Jesus. And after all this disappointment, they were going back heartbroken in a state of hopelessness. And I want you for a moment to step into their shoes as we look at their story. Hallelujah. I'm not sure if any of you has been in or you ever or you are currently in any state of hopelessness or you have ever been in a state of hopelessness where you look around and there seem to be no hope in your situation. When you look around, you realize that there is no hope coming from anywhere. The one place where you have put your hope seems to have broken. We want to follow these two people, Cleopas and his companion, as they journeyed and they were joined by a stranger on their way to their little town of Emmaus. We want to eavesdrop on their conversation. Just listen behind what they were talking about. Because I believe that your heartbreaking experience is about to change into a heart-burning experience. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24. And we want to read from verse number 13. Luke 24 and verse 13. He says, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score felons. That's about seven miles. Three score felons. And they talked together. Are you following the story? So these were two disciples of Jesus who are in the state of mind that I just described to you, in a state of hopelessness. People who have come to follow Jesus and all of these things on Good Friday had happened and then they had hung around Jerusalem on Saturday and then on Sunday they were leaving. They were going back home. All hopes gone. The Bible says, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together 
and reasoned, Jesus himself drew nigh and went with them. Now listen. He says, and it came to pass that while they communed together, as they were having a conversation. Now you can imagine two people who have put all their hopes in this Messiah and he has let them down so much. So as they were going back home, they were talking amongst themselves and discussing all the events. He says, and they communed together and reasoned. He says, and it came to pass that while they communed together about all the things that had happened and reasoned, they were trying to find meaning. How can that be? You see, I believe they were recalling of the miracles that they witnessed. They were recalling of the events, the powerful miracles that the, Jesus had performed. They were recalling how he healed so many people. They were recalling how he, he stilled the storms. They were recalling how he raised the dead. So they were reasoning, how is that possible? How could he have done that? We thought God was really with him. They were reasoning. They were reasoning, but they did not get the answer. Because they did not remember how he said he must suffer the hands of sinful men. Amen. Jesus performed many miracles. Jesus did great things. Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two pieces of fish. Jesus stilled the storm. Jesus caused the dead to rise. There were so many things that Jesus did. He says, with him, nothing was impossible. But there was one thing. There was one thing that he could not do whilst he was alive. There was one thing that he could not do while he was alive. The scripture says, without the remission, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. That he could not do while he was with them. And so when they reasoned, they did not understand how that he has to die. But Jesus had to die. Besides all the miracles that he performed, he had to die before there will be remission. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So the next scripture, he says, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Their eyes were holding. That means that they were blinded, that they would not see who is with him. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? I want you to understand that there is a reason why your eyes are holding such that when Jesus is here with you right now, you cannot see. There is a reason why your eyes are holding that when we say Christ is in our midst, you turn around and you cannot see. He says, we walk by faith, not by sight. It is not what we see that makes us believe. And so the scripture says, their eyes were holding. Jesus had joined them. Look at the scripture before that. It says, Jesus had joined them. It says, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, 
Jesus himself drew nigh and went with them. This afternoon, I want to announce to you that Jesus is here with you right now. I said, Jesus is here with you right now. But your eyes are holding that you cannot see him. Amen. So the next verse, it says, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, what manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? What are you talking about as you are walking together and you are so sad? What manner of conversation is this? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? And has not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? Are you a stranger? Don't you know the things that are happening? Don't you know the events since Friday? Don't you know the events since Sunday? How that we walked our king? Are you a stranger in Jerusalem that you are asking such a question? Who in Jerusalem does not know what is happening? Did I finish reading? Go back. Don't fast forward me. He says, and the one of them whose name was Cleopas answering said, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? Now go on. And he said unto them, What things? What things? What things? I don't know. What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a mighty prophet. He says, the things that are happening, they are things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Don't you know? Are you a stranger in Jerusalem? Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed. We saw his, we saw him, him speaking and it came to pass. He says, storms be still and it was still. He says, Lazarus come out and he came out. A person who was dead, stinking. A prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. They heard his word. They heard his preaching. And they knew that it was powerful. They knew that he was a man who had the word before God. And all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death. And have crucified him. Prophet mighty indeed. And in word. Before God and before all the people. And how that the chief priests and the elders. The rulers. How that they delivered him to be condemned to death. And they have crucified him. Crucified him. He didn't die in a war. Where he was defending them. And he accidentally was killed. They crucified him like a criminal. But we trusted. Look at this. But we did what? Trusted. Now look at look at the um, look at the scripture before. Look at this again. Verse 20. It says, and how verse 20, verse 19. Verse 19. 
He says, and he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet. Was a prophet. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you this afternoon? They say, concerning Jesus Christ, which was a prophet. Now, their use of that word, that word, was a prophet, is a demonstration of complete loss of hope. It's a demonstration that there is no more hope. He is not a prophet anymore. He is not a mighty prophet. He says, and Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, but I came to announce to you that he is not just was a prophet, but he is the same Jesus which was and which is and which will forever be. He says, I am that I am. I am Jesus which was yesterday the same, today the same, and forever I will be the same. He is not changed. He was not just was a prophet, but he is, is a prophet, a mighty prophet, mighty indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. And so they continue and then continue and they say, and, but we trusted. We trusted that it had been he. We trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? I am preaching a message of Resurrection Sunday. An event that happened on Resurrection Sunday. It says, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, besides all this, listen to some nonsense. You see, in case you have not heard all the things, besides all this that we have gone through and we have left this and all of these things that happened to us, today is the third day since these things were done. They did not remember. They did not remember. They followed, but they did not hear. Yeah, and now listen to this. And certain women also. You know how women are. You know, they see anything and they form any story from it. He said, and certain women also of our company made us astonished which were early at the sepulchre they went at the tomb early in the morning and they came back with a story look at this he says and when they have found not his body they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive look at this nonsense all the things that we have gone through some women also women always have stories some women also came back to us as we were just being ourselves and just encouraging ourselves. Go back to your fishing business. Go back to your village imams. Go back to this. Okay, I'm going. Some women also just showed up and they said, we saw a vision of angels which said that he was alive. We saw him on the cross. We saw how he screamed for help. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it not, even so as the woman had said. 
but him they saw not. So some of us, when the woman came to tell us, some of us also ran there. They went there to look, and then they saw what the women were saying, that the tomb was empty, but we didn't see him. They are telling this to the Messiah who is with them. In a state of hopelessness, heartbroken, and they were going back home. Then he said unto them, Oh, fools. Why don't you say, Oh, fools. Oh, fools. Then he said unto them, Oh, fools. And slow of heart to believe what? 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 You see, we have tend to be Christians who only believe that the scriptures should only talk about prosperity and happiness and marriage and children and money and joy. And, but he says that, then he said unto them, all fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. All concerning the suffering of Christ. Including the suffering of Christ. Hallelujah. Keep your neighbor a shoulder and say, you cannot sleep under a message like this. Say, you are annoying the pastor. Ah! Don't let me call your name. You see, this is what the enemy will like you to be that you will not understand. Because I'm about to explain something to you. And if you are sleepy, you are better off going to stand in the back. You see, when you are in a lecture and a professor is teaching and you are sleepy, you don't want to be awake. So that you don't miss anything. Especially on the day of revision for your finals. That these are the tips. These are the things that are coming on the exam. And then you are sleepy, you rise up like this and then you go to the back. Because you don't want to miss anything. This is your final paper. Tell your neighbor, don't be slow of heart. Say you are wise. Don't be slow of heart. He said unto them, all fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went. And he made us though he would have gone further. He expounded unto them all the scriptures, all the scriptures which concern himself. Hallelujah. Beloved, you will be in the state of hopelessness. You will be heartbroken until the scriptures have been expounded unto you. 
you are witnessing of the miracles will not open your eyes. The laying hand upon you will not open your eyes. Praying for you will not open your eyes. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Somebody's testimony will not open your eyes. For the woman said, we saw a vision of angels and they told us that Christ is risen. He is not here. But that vision, that testimony will not open your eyes. It will not heal you from a broken heart to a burning heart. But it is only the expounding of the scriptures. When the scriptures are expounded unto you, when you have understanding of the scriptures, that is when your eyes will be open. Not praying for you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? They saw all the miracles. They saw all the miracles. But they did not understand. But he says, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. That is your savior. He's a gentleman. The gentle savior, he will not force himself on you. He will not force himself on you. He will wait until you welcome him. He says, as he walked with them, he pretended as if he was going on. When they reached the village, when they reached their village, he pretended, he says, and they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went. When they arrived at Emmaus, he, he says, and he made as though he would have gone further, that he was continuing his journey. He will not force himself on you. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear me and open, I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. He will not force himself on you. So he made an attempt as if he was going. And then look, what the father desires, what the savior desires, what the savior desires is a person who has a hunger for more, someone who has a test for more, a test for more of his word. So the Bible says, but they constrain him, saying, abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. No discussion. You want me to come in? No discussion. If you open the door, I will come in. If any man come to me, I will by no means, no means cast him out. If you welcome him. If you invite him. And so he went in to tarry with them. And now, and it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. And their eyes were opened. And their eyes were opened. And their eyes were opened. And they knew him right away. And he vanished out of their sight. Hallelujah. And the, their eyes were opened. Immediately, this afternoon, we are going to break bread. And your eyes will be open. I say, your eyes will be open. Your eyes will be open. When he broke bread with them, the Bible says their eyes were open. And they knew him. You will know Christ through the breaking of bread. 
and he vanished out of their sight. And now, people who were with broken hearts, people who were with broken hearts at the expound of the scriptures. When the scriptures were expounded, the Bible says, and they said one to another, did not, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? What will cause your heart to turn from a broken heart, a heart that is broken to a heart that is burning is when the scriptures are expounded unto you. Yeah. Hallelujah. That is when your heart begins to turn from brokenness, broken heart, to a heart that is burning. He said, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? The miracles did not open their eyes. The miracles did not turn their hearts to burning. The testimony of Mary and Martha did not turn their hearts into burning. But when the scriptures were open when the scriptures were expounded when they had meaning and understanding of the scriptures then their eyes were open may your eyes open because of the scriptures verse 33 it says and they rose up the same hour and returned another seven miles when the hope has come back you will go back to the thing that you lost I say, when the hope has come back, you will go back to the thing that you have lost. He says that, and they returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them. And saying, the Lord is risen indeed. And had appeared to Simon. The Lord is risen indeed. I said, the Lord is risen indeed. And he appeared unto Simon. And verse 35, and they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And verse 36 says, and as they thus speak, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, peace be unto you. Receive the peace of God. I said, receive the peace of God. Receive the peace of God. Receive the peace of God. He says, when the scriptures were expounded unto them, their eyes. He says, did not our heart burn within us when he expounded the scriptures unto us? I don't know what brokenness you are in. I don't know what disappointment you have experienced. Some of you, you have applied for a job. You have gone for interviews and they have promised you many promises and then you come back and then finally they call and say, we have hired someone already and your heart feels so broken. Your heart feels so broken. Brokenness, broken heart, and disappointment, hopelessness is one of the states, the sickness of the spirit that is very difficult to heal. It is very difficult to heal. It is very difficult to pick up yourself again. Because you are always afraid of another letdown. You are always afraid of another disappointment. Perhaps someone promised to marry you, and then the person has let you down, and it has broken you down so much that you are afraid to pick up again. Perhaps you have been disappointed in a marriage. A marriage that you put your hope so much in, it has broken down and you are let down. And then you feel like not picking up yourself again. You feel like you don't want to have a relationship anymore. 
Hallelujah. I don't know what state you are in. What has broken your heart? I don't know what has broken your heart. Some of you, you need some promotion. And they say everyone should apply. And you know you are the best of the applicants. And you apply for it. And you didn't get it. And you feel so broken. And you feel so, so deterred from even applying again. But when the scriptures are expounded unto you, I say, when the scriptures are expounded unto you, when the scriptures are expounded unto you, hallelujah. Some of you, you are in a state of sickness. Or maybe your loved one. And the doctors have given up on their own treatments. And they said, there is no treatment. We cannot solve this situation. And you are in a state of hopelessness. But as the scriptures are expounded unto you, as the scriptures are expounded unto you, I say, as the scriptures are expounded unto you, the state of brokenness, your heart will begin to burn in you. Some of you, you want to lose weight. And you have applied all kinds of diet and exercise. You have drunk water. Every day you are drinking water. People are drinking juice and sodas. You look at them and then you look and then you are drinking your... See, people are eating real food and then you are eating like a cow. Eating vegetables. You try all kinds of diet plan. And then you go through a rigorous exercise. Exercising. And then at the end of two weeks, you step on the scale. And then it says you have gained three pounds. How? How? You feel so hopeless. You don't feel like going on again. Sometimes you think the scale is wrong. You get angry with the scale. Then you kick the scale. Say it's wrong. You buy another one. And that one says you have gained four pounds. But I'm here. I don't know what situation you are in. I don't know what hopeless situation you are in. I'm here to announce to you on this Resurrection Sunday that there is a revival. I said there is a revival that he's going to open your eyes. He's going to expound the scriptures unto you. When your eyes are open, the hopelessness, the brokenness of your heart, it will turn to a burning desire to want to do it again. May you return to Jerusalem. May you go back to the thing that you have lost hope in. May you return to where you came from. Pick up again. Because the master is alive. The master has risen. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That master is here. Receive life in abundance because of the master who is resurrected. The power of resurrection. It restores your broken heart into a burning heart. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. He says, I stand at the door. As gentle a savior as he is, he will not force himself onto you. But he says, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man, any man will hear me and open, he will not force himself onto you. 
If only you will open, he will come in and he will sup with you and you with him. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He's here to heal. He's here to restore. He's here to heal. He's here to heal the broken hearted. He's here to restore the broken hearted. He says, with him there is nothing that is difficult. With man it's impossible. But with Christ, with Jesus, there is nothing that is impossible. Father, we are thankful and grateful this afternoon for the gift of salvation. We are thankful, Lord, that you lay down your life for us. We are thankful, Lord, that you shed your blood for us. That we can be reconciled with the Father. We are grateful. We thankful. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He's knocking. You are here this afternoon on this Resurrection Sunday. This Resurrection Sunday. You are here and you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. You have not welcomed him into your life. He says, I stand at the door and knock. We are going to receive communion. You cannot receive communion if you are not born again. But this afternoon you are here and you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he rose again from the dead. I believe he is the Savior, the Messiah. I believe he died for my sins. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. With all eyes closed and every head bowed. If that is your prayer this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus. With all eyes closed, it's a very important moment, very special moment, very private moment. You are here, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. If that is you, if that is your prayer, wherever you are, I just want you to lift up your right hand, wherever you are. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus? Is there anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to welcome Jesus into your life? Lift up your hand where I can see it and I'll pray with you. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? I see your hand. You are here. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. I want the Savior. I need the Savior. I need the Messiah in my life. Say, I am tired of this brokenness. I am tired of this hopeless things. I want to come to the Lord of hope. I want to receive Jesus Christ, the victor, the victory over death. I want him in my life. Pick up your hand. Lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. Yes. I can see it. Yes. Do not pass me by. You know, I believe in my heart that there are more of you here. There are others here. The Lord is saying, I'm still standing at the door. I will not force myself onto you. You are contemplating. You say, should I open the door? Is today the day? Beloved, he's saying, today is the day. You may not have tomorrow. Today is the day. He says, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. 
this afternoon the lord is speaking to you you can hear a still small voice that is the voice of jesus he is a gentle savior he does not force himself he does not scream at you he does not push you he is a lord a shepherd that leads he leads you a shepherd that leads is one who is in front of you and is welcoming you he is not behind you he is not pushing you beloved if it is you you feel an edge you feel a strong conviction that today you need to give your life to jesus you also lift up your hand and i'll pray with you lift up your hand and i'll pray with you now if you have lifted up your hand i want you to take one bold step one bold step and come here to meet your savior come here and i just want to pray with you beloved i want you to lift up your hand and i want you to say this with me repeat this after me say lord jesus thank you for dying for me lord jesus thank you for the suffering thank you for dying for me this afternoon on this resurrection sunday i come before you with a heart full of repentance lord jesus forgive me of my sins forgive me of my sins cleanse me from all unrighteousness i am not worthy but because of the blood because of the blood i come boldly to welcome you into my life wash me with your blood lord jesus this afternoon i welcome you into my heart be my lord be my master be my savior please write my name please write my name in the book of life thank you jesus for saving me in jesus name amen father i thank you for your love oh gentle savior thank you lord for your great love that you have shown us how patient you are with us that even when there was just two walking that's seven miles back to Emmaus oh what love you have for us that you join just two two in a church two in a congregation and Lord you expounded the scriptures unto them for two hours of ministering and you open their eyes and they receive you and they welcome you Lord this afternoon build a shield around these ones protect them let not the enemy have a hand upon their lives father they return to jerusalem to say lord jesus we will serve you we will serve you until the day of jesus christ thank you jesus for saving them in jesus name amen well my sisters i have this special We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.